Hi everyone, I'm Cody Orm and welcome to episode 215. Yes, Cody, you got it right. <laughs> 215 of the Pixels and Ink podcast. I am the host today. I have kidnapped and stored Melanie somewhere where she cannot host. That's not good. Again. That's dark. That's yeah. not good, man. Yeah. Well, you know what? She let me taste the hosting duties for like what, two months? Yep. And now she just comes back and expects me to sit down quietly. You're mad with power. Yes, Mm -hmm. I've become mad with power. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Now they're on that dark side. Aside from uh, Melanie not being here, (laughs) I'm I'm joined by Phil Brown. That's me. How you doing, Phil? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Brennan Fry. Hey, hello there. Editor-in-chief. Yep. And... Elias. Yep. Hi. How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, it's Blondo. Blondo. Okay. Yep. Blondo. Cool. How are you doing, Elias? I'm doing pretty good. It's good to hear. Yep. All right. So let's get into some some game news. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll start off with with Persona Five news. Hooray! Yay. Woo! Persona. They're getting uh, they they actually got a European release date, which is kind of cool. I'm still kind of amazed that it, there was no European release date till this point, to be honest. Well, the problem was, for whatever reason, Sega didn't want to uh, distribute it in Europe. Okay. So they had Why? to find another distributor. Distributor? Distributor. Mm-hmm. Distributor? Sorry. You could, you could say publisher <laughs> as well. Uh, to, uh, to, like, yeah, to do it in Europe. So they got um, Deep Silver, which that was announced... A while back, it wasn't just they're not just doing um, Persona Five. No, they're, they're doing, doing um, they're doing a bunch of other JRPGs as well. Um, and yeah, so that's going to be coming actually on the same day as uh, as the North American release. Which that's is pretty awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's crazy because uh, the me- other Mega Ten games in Europe uh, they sometimes come out like two years after they do in America, which is kind of <laughs> lame. <laughs> yeah, Europe usually gets the the like crap end of the stick in that situation like i think the only the only time i can really recall europe beating north america in that situation was with um uh, xenoblade yeah oh yeah that's true and then like it was they brought it to north america and we just got the the british like the british version Mm -hmm. well like that was always really funny to me because nintendo of america was so reluctant to bring that over and the big thing about operation rainfall was like well there's already an english dub version you could just bring that over and then they did yeah that's literally (laughs) what everyone had like these really like cockney british accents throughout the whole (laughs) the whole game it was really weird it was fun though i like that yeah, I was great. actually really disappointed when uh, X came out and everyone had like North American accents. Yeah, yeah, that was like the endear- it was like kind of endearing about the original one for sure. <laughs> did you, uh, Elias? Did you see the um, the like special edition? Oh, of uh, Persona Five. Yeah. Uh, do you mean did I pre-order it within five minutes of it being announced? To which the answer is yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that tote bag for like everything. Yeah. So I guess for the people who haven't heard, um, it comes with a school bag, a plushie, uh, a steel book for the game with the physical game, a soundtrack, a hardcover art book, uh, and a collector's box. Was there anything I'm missing there? Um, I think that's, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think the picture now. 
I really, uh, I really hope that because sometimes with these special editions, they'll release a game in a steel book, and then they won't actually give you the actual game case, and that bothers me so much. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope they just like I hope they do just give you the physical case and the steel book, so I can like choose what I want to use. <laughs> yeah. They. Uh, they. They kind of made. They. They said that in the, in the phys- in the actual like thing, and I thought it was kind of weird that they they had to, kind of tell you like if you pre-order the game you're actually going to get the game mm-hmm. i mean <laughs> that's a thing uh because like because wolfenstein the new order oh wait yeah no, the new order that's what that one was called because like you yep. could order that special edition and they didn't give you the game and then with battlefield one you like spend 140 bucks for this all this special edition stuff and you don't even get the game with that so it's kind of sad but then other publishers uh totally do that so it's good of atlas to clarify it's like look you're getting the game too <laughs> yeah no i guess that makes sense yeah god you have to pay 140 dollars for battlefield one's pre-order stuff i think it's like 130 or 140 and you don't even get the game but then you can buy the premium collector's <laughs> edition which also has the game and there's another one that has all of it and the dlc <laughs> ew, ew. I, I, I played it at e3 and i was so like unimpressed yeah, I read your I read your preview. It sounds like I was really really interested uh, when they announced it, and then I just was like, oh, so you're going back to what you used to do because modern shooters are dying. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how it felt. And they were just like they're like, keep in mind this is a pre-alpha build, and like the game comes out in like three months. How is this still in pre-alpha? <laughs> it's okay. It's gonna be like every other battlefield where it launches broken, and then two years later they're like, well, it's sort of fixed now. <laughs> <laughs> oh the salt is strong with this one. Oh yeah absolutely <laughs> um okay well moving on uh we got uh dead rising is getting some remasters Woo! oh yay so you can play did you like that phil you like dead rising i did yeah there was a time when i enjoyed Do you want to go it back and play it in on the ps4 now um for free <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct answer. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Is it available for free? No. No. It's Twenty bucks. No. Yeah, but you get uh, Dead Rising one, two, and Dead Rising two off the record, which is just Dead Rising. 2 How much with the, Frank West? Twenty yeah, bucks yeah. each, right? Um, that's a good question. I believe so. Um, one second. I'm gonna go check out cgmagonline.com. <laughs> <laughs> nice when plug. They get, when, when they remastered it, did they come up with an option so you don't have to deal with that horrible timer system? No, no, nope. that's what people love. That's wow. like the big part. So I would have paid twenty it. bucks for that. <laughs> that endearing feature that everyone definitely liked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? I don't think they announced a, a price tag for it. I thought, I thought it. they did. I didn't write it down. Oh, well, we'll never know now. Not a CG magazine. It's nowhere to be found. But there's a story up there. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Cool. Um, I think I mean, it's uh, pretty weird that they are doing physical releases for Dead Rising 1 and 2 remastered, but then off the record's only going to be digital. Which is that's off the record wasn't a. It was digital release, game. It, it was a digital game originally, wasn't it? Yeah. I no, there's so. a. I have a physical copy of it actually. They really? Totally, yeah. Uh-huh. I totally. Yeah. I bought a used copy of it like yesterday. <laughs> oh, weird. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, sometimes they like a lot of like games that were DLC were like released as physical. Yeah, that's true. that was a thing they did yeah. a lot last time. I don't know. Maybe maybe it actually was a physical release, and I just don't remember. I know I I owned it on digital on uh, Xbox. Really? To be completely on honest with you, I totally forgot about the existence of that game until yeah. I had to mm-hmm. write the story. It's kind of a thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I mean, 
that's awesome. Like Frank West is great, and it's obviously like this is just to get you hyped for Dead Rising Four. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I've heard nothing but bad things. I've really? heard it's fine. Did they ever put three out on the PS4? No. no. Why don't they do now, that? I'd be more interested in that yeah. than a remaster. It's on of PC. The now. Frank West DLC for Dead Rising. Yeah, 4. that'd be kind of <laughs> cool. Um, yeah. I mean, I never got into it, so I'm not. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Moving on. The PS4 Neo is reportedly going to be announced in early September. Yay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apparently at an event that uh, that uh, is taking place, the press has just been invited to. Oh, really? Yeah. I did a story about that yesterday. This is what, the 4K Have we been thing? invited? The, uh, yeah, the, they are, we did not get invited. Well, we'll see. Um, <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I'm not going to say, confirm or deny the statement of us being at the event yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it's the theory is that it's going to be the PlayStation Neo, which is their more powerful version of the PlayStation 4, which is the PlayStation yeah. 4K. 4K. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. PlayStation 4.5, et cetera, et cetera, whatever right. you call it. Um, yeah, so everyone got, press got an invite to an event taking place in New York at the Sony Theater, downtown New York. And uh, yeah, people speculating against the PS4K. Mm-hmm. But literally, there's nothing about the event in the invite. It mm-hmm. just says, we want to give you a briefing on Sony's business or PlayStation business. So See who here. knows? Yeah. They really need to because Microsoft at E3, they spent a lot of time talking about the Xbox One S and, um, and it, Project Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah, Project Scorpio, it has the best looking pixels. <laughs> yeah, it's got the. <laughs> Teraflops was that six ter- six six teraflops and someone on the video says it is the best looking pixels. Oh, oh that's, the, that's amazing. I don't. I think they cut that out of the thing they put up when they finally uploaded. I think they cut that out. Did they get laughs at the? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure, still yeah. under the impression that teraflops is a made up. No, I mean it's amount of word. computing power over time. Yeah, it's made up. It's, it's a real thing. <laughs> no, it's like a landmass made out of floppy disks. That's totally what that is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that's the event. We don't know what's going to be shown off. People have been speculating on NeoGAF that they're going to be announcing a new uh, Vita. That's probably Woo. definitely not going to happen because no one plays the Vita. You know what? I uh, do. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got Elias here. <laughs> and I then, have like four Vitas and I don't uh, play any of them. The Vita. Oh my <laughs> Okay, before we go on about what I was about to say, why do you have four Vitas? Yeah, what? There's, there's an easy answer. I have one of the new ones. Okay. Right. Two of the old ones. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. Is this kind of like your situation with your Zunes? Yeah, basically. Where you just have like a nonsense amount of Zunes? I got rid of them all. I made a profit on selling the Zunes. That's a so thing that, that existed. I totally forgot about Zunes. Yeah, it was not good. Yeah, Brendan had like four of them at once, at one point. Okay, okay. Last year. <laughs> it wasn't even very long ago. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> this was very recent. This wasn't like when the Zune was like being talked about. This was like well after yeah, yeah. anyone ever... Wanted a Zune? Yeah. Needed a Zune? The Zune was talked about at some point? No, ever? not really. <laughs> I mean, there was a commercial once, I think. It was yeah, a really maybe. bad one. It like... <laughs> It was really bad. Just look up Zune commercial. Banned Zune commercial. It's just awful. Oh, Zoom. great. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Um, so, yeah, that's what might be an event. People have been speculating that there might be a new Vita. That They're probably crazy, but we'll see. Huh. Well. That's a thing. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Like, wh- why would people think that there's a Vita? Is that just people oh, saying? Oh, it's easy. Uh, there was a new um, patent filed regarding a new 
five gigahertz chip that has the same part number or uh, product number as the original Vita. So they're like, well, this must... Oh, okay, so it's not like baseless. No, um, no, it's not just people like, mm. they're definitely going to talk about a new Vita here. Okay. No, um, in one of the patents, it talks about for product number blank, and it's very similar to the product number that was used for one of the Vitas, but it's also very similar to the product used in the PlayStation 4, so it could just be the 4K, the 5 gigahertz chip that's in the PlayStation 4K. Yeah, Who knows? which is more likely. That's the more likely scenario. Absolutely. I'm going to throw out a scenario, a 4K Vita. That's uh, <laughs> never possible. Like no, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I just want to get involved. So I just uh, I don't want Sony to make another handheld system. Like the PSP and the Vita, two of my favorite systems ever. They're probably my two favorite handheld systems, but they never got really good support ever. So no. it's like, okay, Sony, just please stop trying. It makes me yeah. sad. But it's where you can get all your exclusive weird Japanese games. They still hey. make those. Yeah, and I love it for that sort you of kind of. don't get that on the 3DS as much. Like, where do you find your Steins Gates? <laughs> 3DS? <laughs> I, need to, I need to play Steins Gate still. I've heard nothing. It's actually good. It's good. Okay. Uh, okay. What Speaking else? of uh, games people got to play, No Man's Sky has been... Uh, yeah, let's talk about No Man's Sky news. There's been some nonsense surrounding that game. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, earlier today I heard that Sean Murray came out on Twitter and said that the PS4 Neo could, quote, fundamentally change the game, which just Ow. sounds like a bunch of buzz speak to me. Uh, one of the things that he literally said was, there's going to be more leaves on trees. Mm. Who cares? Oh, wow. Like, honestly, who cares? <laughs> well, okay, here's the thing, though. If the game looks that bad on lesser hardware, I can't imagine it, like, in 4K looking better. Yeah, and I mean... I don't know, man. Launch week of your game, you come out and tell people, yeah, you should buy another system to play this game. I just think that's kind of bogus. I think that's a, I think that's just kind of damage control, basically. I, I feel like it's a lot of just, like, Sony trying to hype up the, the Neo. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I think... Um, I mean, we'll talk about more No Man's Sky a little bit more later, but, I mean, it mm-hmm. seems like... There's a lot of mixed messaging about what Sony's marketing this game as, what um, Hello Games marketing this game as, and what the press think this game is. And then what the game actually is. Yeah, which the game actually is, which we'll get into later, is a lot more in the center of what everything everyone's saying. But what, like, Sony's been touting this thing is going to be the last game you're ever going to own, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's all that hyperbole. What a bad way to go out. And then there was... um, (laughs) And then there was all the um, like articles on like Eurogamer and Kotaku about you'll never need another game. No Man's Sky is the be all and end all of gaming. Oh <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of real little hyperbole just about like I saw it in a hotel room at E3. This game that's, is basically everything you'll ever need. That's the <laughs> problem I think with uh, with Games Press. Well, ga- not Games Press, the site like Games Press <laughs> in general. <laughs> um, like we're like there's so much hyperbole. Yeah. When anything comes, do you remember when um, Evolve yeah. before Evolve came oh. out? Everyone would be like, "This is the future of first-person shooters." I remember them saying it's the future of esports, and they were not at all right. Like, <laughs> there there has to be uh, like we as games journalists need to start taking some responsibility for the words that we say. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not we're not a a PR branch for exactly. these companies, and we need to we need to have a little more. Uh, 
respect for the words that come out of our mouths mm-hmm. or keyboards. Agreed. Because no, this yeah. is getting a little out of hand. I, I totally agree. I mean, of course, with running, because most, most, um, not most, a good portion of games journalism um, is online now. And of course, yep. you want people to click on your headline. You want to get those clicks. You want to get that traffic. And so, of course, you're going to use hyperbolic headlines. Of course, you're going to use really, really hype speak. But ultimately, I feel like that does contribute to this atmosphere of everybody expecting every big game that comes out to be the next big thing. And when it's not, the backlash is towards the developers, it's towards the games press, it's towards everyone. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's really like a cyclical kind of caustic thing that I think I think Cody's absolutely right. We need to be definitely more responsible about. Very true. Yeah. I mean, And it's also, the other on the flip side too, um, like, we have a tendency to be overly negative too. Mm. Like, <laughs> I've, I've us this magazine. Me? No, 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 no. Like, like the 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 games journalists in general. Mm. Um, and I I don't want to say it's because it's uh, you get noticed easier on Metacritic if you score a game higher or lower than the average score. But You're I think that, that does true. have for oh, yeah. a lot of people that definitely factors into. Uh, if you have the highest score, the lowest score, you'll be noticed over the people that are like, it's fine. Honestly, I hate being the highest score. I feel like such a fanboy when I do it. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens so often. <laughs> I noticed, uh, I definitely noticed that, I think right now I'm the low, like our, my review of Seven Days to Die is the lowest score yeah. for the PS4 and Metacritic, and people People's, just flock yeah. to that review still. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's, there's a method to the madness. I'm not saying that you did that on purpose. No, like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there is definitely, for, for a lot of, in a lot of situations, there's a reason why it's done that way yeah. and um it's sad but it's, it's you, just if, a, uh, the outlet if you're a little late to the party you just put 0.5 over everyone else mm-hmm. you're not crazy but you're the top of the list mm-hmm. <laughs> like my score is going out late but you know i'm the top of the metacritic yeah i guess so that makes yeah. sense i've seen i've seen outlets do it yeah that's that's kind of bogus that's kind of not yes super ethical at all <laughs> no <laughs> i mean Video game journalism and ethics. Oh We're boy! No, <laughs> oh boy! Nope. Nope. Let's, nope. let's not get into that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Ugh. Those words should never be spoken ever. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Open up yeah, a can of worms but, there. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the big things I've noticed from No Man's Sky are Sean Murray saying, "Yeah, it is multiplayer. You're in a shared universe." But then people coming out and say, finding that they've taken off the um, sticker on the special edition box. Apparently, it used to have the multiplayer logo. Then they got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one was people saying they found each other on the wor- a same world and couldn't find each other, even though they were on there at the exact same time and place. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of weird mixed messaging going on. And like when that happened, um, when that stream happened, uh, Sean Murray had like the most interesting. Twitter response where he basically said, wow, two people finding each other on the same planet, that's crazy. Like, seemingly oblivious to the fact that they didn't actually find each other on that planet at all. (laughs) It's like, wow, this is amazing. And it's like, well, can you answer questions maybe a little? (laughs) You know what? A lot of of that is just, like, he can't say anything, right? If he says anything, it's going to be held against him. True. Uh, so it's better to just be shut vague. up and, and be vague than to uh, to say something and potentially make it worse. Well, I mean, he did he did confirm that it is a shared universe that there's going to be more shared elements as soon as the servers work properly. 
because okay. as of right, I mean, I did a story about this that apparently everyone was like, wow, he's lying again. I'm like, you didn't actually say anything that's not po- possible? Well, who knows? He didn't actually say it would be like a massive multiplayer game either. So, I mean, it's hard to say. There was, was there, yeah. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, there, there's just a lot of mystery surrounding this game and what it was yeah. going to be and the how the multiplayer was going to work. And it was all super ambiguous. And so I think people just had these expectations to get They thought it was going to be this. It's going to be this massive multiplayer world yeah. where you just wouldn't run into each other. But if you did, it'd be crazy. Well, that was that was kind of the thing that I that I was saying leading up to it. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but at least in like personal conversations with people here yeah. at the desk, I've said like, "Well, what what is this game? <laughs> like, we've we've been seeing so much about it, but like we never were told exactly what it is, mm. and that kind of scared me. And I guess, in a sense, I was sort of right, but. <laughs> We yeah. can get into that. A yeah, little we'll, bit get later. That. we'll get that. We keep um, wanting to talk. We keep gravitating towards it. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we, we will have a conversation about that because <laughs> I mean, three people at the on this podcast have actually uh, have, have played it, so yeah, it'll make for a good conversation. I think we've I don't think we've ever had a game come out on a podcast where so many people have actually yeah, it's true played it. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, before we move on to uh, to movie news, we'll probably do a our, our break for our, um, yep. our comic panto commercial. But uh, before we go into that. Uh, when we started the podcast, uh, a news story just uh, kind of broke, and um, this is that Pokemon Go one. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna attribute that. Should, should I attribute it to another? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if they covered it, yes. Well, I don't know if they broke it, but this is where I found it from. I uh, from Polygon. Okay. Uh, Nintendo patents uh, accessories and gesture controls hint at NX features. Oh, sure. title headline. Man. Uh, um, so it looks like sort of um, the, so you have your, your device, which is the screen, which could even be a cell phone. I don't know. And it looks like there's like a little clippy thing that goes on the side of it. That will sure. be your four buttons, your four face buttons. Oh. It looks really weird. Well, it's as much as I love Nintendo, it's Nintendo. It's going to be weird. <laughs> It's this is this is I really hope most of these NX rumors are fake because man, it's like they're actively trying to make me not want to buy this console. Yeah, I mean that's that's the disappointing thing, is like I'm I'm like the staunchest defender of the okay, there's I'm not the staunchest defender of the Wii U. But I do love the Wii U and I think it's a great system despite its weird little quirks, but like Nintendo just keeps making these like more and more weird systems that aren't super uh that aren't like anything else out there, and well, that's really cool. Uh, it also doesn't turn units and make people want to buy your systems, and most importantly, it doesn't make one people uh, make people want to develop for your systems at all. Yeah, like that's the well. I mean, there was that. This was something we could talk about too. Uh, Bethesda said they're open to working with Nintendo on the NX, so mm. maybe there is something there that we haven't we haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah. But well, obviously, the whole thing we haven't seen. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but the everything we've seen before that leading up to it just this looks horrible like once i'm just going to turn my laptop over you're doing we're phil, on an like, audio podcast and you're now showing other people that cannot see it. yeah no i'm right. just i'm showing phil so like maybe he can have something <laughs> right. to say about it those are the little clippies yeah it's it yeah. that doesn't look comfortable it doesn't we'll see yeah we'll see though i i mean like it's so hard to tell with all this stuff because that doesn't look remotely similar to the images we were talking yeah. about a couple weeks ago is the rumor yeah with the clip the things that clip on yeah and off yeah so that's the thing at least they're those are consistent with mm-hmm. like there there probably will be detachable parts yeah 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 uh maybe this is just another idea 
I, I could see this honestly from from the way it looks. It, uh, it, it could be something that you add on to like a cell phone. Yeah, yeah. So that you have a player two controller. To be honest, what I'm which would be kind of cool. a lot of what I'm yeah. seeing right now is <clears throat> it's hard to say if it's um, Nintendo's uh, kind of throwing false rumors out there because they do that often. I mean, right. Apple does the same thing where they'll put patent weird nonsense that <laughs> just to throw people off the trail. And the actual real thing is this normal-looking uh, device. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this crazy thing they showed earlier was nonsense. But this, oh, yeah, I can – they have a button in a different place. I'm okay with this. But if they just released it straight up, people going, they changed my D-pad. No, bye. So now <laughs> yeah. make it so ridiculous so that when they well, kind of bring it back, you're like, oh, okay, that's, why, that's fine. Why sure. intentionally, like, anger your audience? Well, they're not. I mean, it's the press that are digging these things up. Mm-hmm. The audience would not normally find these patents. They just throw them out there so they throw the press off the trail. Or Nintendo's a leaky sieve and everything's just kind of leaking right out. Who knows? <laughs> Could be either one of those things. I'm really hoping they're trying to throw us off. Yeah, yeah I those mean, seem particularly odd. That doesn't seem practical. Yeah, no, not at all. But, um, okay, we're going to go into movie news, but before that, we will take a quick break for our Comic Bento commercial. Shaq, do you have a need for comics and graphic novels? I do have a fixin'. Have well, a fixin'. what you need to do is go to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMAG in all caps, and you can get $5 off a Comic Bento subscription. It goes right to your door. Yes! Five bu- Dude, five bucks? Five bucks. Five hey, guys, bucks. can five I get in on this action? Oh, yeah. Yes, you can. Whoa. You know what you have to do? Go to comicbento.com and use the promo code CGMEG in all caps and get $5 off your Comic Bento subscription. Five whole dollars? Five whole dollars. Whoa! Comic Bento. Get it now. And we're back. What a great commercial. <laughs> Don't you love that commercial, guys? I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I do think we need to now. record a new commercial because it's been like yeah. three months. I know. Right? Yeah. Over the top. I know. Comicbento.com. And you, de- and you definitely say it every, every week, too. Yeah, it's a recurring joke. It's like as consistent as the commercial itself. Yeah. yeah. We should just have that clip to, <laughs> like, yeah. to play afterwards. But yeah, no, I, I do think it's time for a new commercial. It is. Mm-hmm. We'll do that next week. We'll mm-hmm. do Maybe. like a... A writer's meet. Mm-hmm. We'll come and, up with and something. Yell at each other in 90s voices and make a new commercial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly the same as the old commercial. Just change like one word. Comic Bento to come. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Phil, mm. it has come to my attention. You have some movie news. I do. I do, as usual. Um, all right. So the first uh, big thing that we obviously have to discuss is the. Um, the feud between The Rock and Vin Diesel. That's been, Which is that's been this needs to be over. settled at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, well, I think that's clearly what's happening. I mean, because like the the Rock, the Rock's like major skill over the last few years has been his like social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like he just he yeah, like he has entire teams of people that do this for him and with him. So I find it hard to believe he would have a temper tantrum without his, like, six social media advisors, like, suggesting that it not happen first. Yes. So I feel like it's all being set up for him and Vin Diesel to fight either on Raw or in WrestleMania to promote the next Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. a parking lot brawl. (laughs) Yeah. It it just makes sense. That just seems like the natural thing for them to do. Yeah, yeah. And quite frankly, I can't wait. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's what I th- I'm seeing right through this. This is I'm not falling for this. No. This is ridiculous. I mean, oh, it's going to be terrible. Oh, it's going to be great because Vin's not in shape. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's never done wrestling before, so it's going to be good. Plus, you know, it's sad because, as we all know, that Fast and Furious team is a very close and very important family, and <laughs> I don't I don't like seeing this family get broken up. <laughs> like watching mom and dad fight at the dinner table. It's really tough. It's really tough for me, yeah. I can't quite... Uh, muscle shirt mom, muscle shirt dad. I can't quite deal with it. 
Honestly, The Rock looks like he's smuggling like watermelons. In his, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's a real. Biceps. I don't think he's a real person at this point. No, he's mm. an actual rock. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's evolved. He's he's a boulder. Mm. Yes. All right, and uh, the next one. This is kind of an interesting uh, rumor. Uh, Brad Pitt is apparently uh, negotiating with David Fincher to direct the sequel to World War Z. I don't need that to happen. Well, I don't need the I mean, that, that. I want him I, to work with why? David Fincher. I don't need I that not movie to happen. But if David Fincher did it, I would suddenly be interested in it. Yeah. Simply because the main problem with World War Z, aside from it was a cartoon, it just being another zombie movie, <laughs> was no, it was just so sloppy and messy yeah. and Suicide Squad-ish, and it's like <laughs> random reshoot method of storytelling. And if there's one thing David Fincher does, it's like precision. Yeah. So, like, that would at least mean that the movie that came out would be the movie that someone wanted to make, as opposed to the movie that had to come out on this day, whether they were finished or not. Right. I, I just found the, I would feel better about that. Plus, Fincher's great, and he yeah. hasn't really ever done a pure horror movie. That's true. I mean, I, my problem with um, World War uh, World Z, yeah, yeah, is the problem was the, the, all the zombies or Walking Dead were yeah. ridiculously CG, so they, yeah. they just looked like a giant cartoon. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That was a Brad problem Pitt too. was kind of standing next to a cartoon. Yeah, the entire yeah, yeah. Time. that was a problem too. And again, and Fincher again is very good with visual yeah. effects, so he would make sure that that. Yeah, did the, did the first one make enough money to make a sequel? Oh yeah, it made okay. over five hundred million. Then yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Okay. So I was gonna ask, like, what is there some dire need to? Nope. No. Nope. So they just make another it. World War Z movie? Yeah. No, just to make money. Yeah. It's purely why. Um, and uh, there's no unanswered questions in that movie. It yeah. answered every single question. Are zombies really that? In fashion no. still? Oh, yeah. People love zombies. Really? Okay. Apparently they, they do. do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, The Walking Dead gets, like, a fraction of its audience I mean, now. it's not, like, as intense as it once was. Right. Certainly not. But, yeah. No, it's zombies will never. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would like them to go away, but they're not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, uh, I imagine this won't happen uh, just because the last time David Venture made a sequel under duress it was Alien 3 oh, he won't even put his name on anymore so <laughs> I, don't I mean think... that's an underrated movie but yeah it is but it's a mess too yes. and, I, and I'm just sure he wouldn't get into that so situation again Alien 3 was the movie where there's a lot just randomly cut out right yeah yeah, well, that was one where they started shooting without a finished script yeah. and all sorts of stuff. So. Isn't there like all these storyboards that never got filmed and all this stuff? That that's why the movie just feels disjointed. People just die. Like, yeah, I yeah. guess that person's dead now. Yeah, oh, yeah. which is like, sure. Which is what <laughs> World War Z felt like. So, hopefully, yeah, I feel like he wouldn't. He would deliberately not get himself in that situation yeah. again. I mean, so anyway, we'll see. Yeah, I do think that um, if Brad Pitt was actually a fan of the original World War Z novel, right? Like, if he came yeah. to David Fincher and was like, just tell another story in this universe, that yeah. there's potential for that, because World War Z had so many interlocking narratives, the uh, the book did. And I mean, yeah. if it was something like that, I could see David Fincher getting on board, but if it's just Brad Pitt, you know, Brad Pitt's family's in peril again, and zombies stack on each other to take down a helicopter, mm. David Fincher's not gonna want any part of that. So you mean more of like a side story that was taking place concurrently with the original first movie? Yeah, or concurrently, or like before, or after, oh. or something, and maybe Brad Pitt's character makes a small cameo, but he's Brad Pitt, so you know he's not gonna actually do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it's I think it's exactly the situation you just tossed out yeah. there. Woo. One that you said you don't think is gonna happen. I want yeah. Liam Neeson to take over, so he just kind of makes a, a dire phone call God. to the zombies, mm-hmm. taking me to... That's how, that's how you know it's going to be like... 
really bottom of the barrel. Like, <laughs> no offense to Liam Neeson, but like if he's coming in for the sequel, you know that's like, ooh, mm-hmm. this he, is gonna be rough. Does he make good movies anymore? I, I, no, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, um, I think the last good one was The Gray, probably. Yeah, that's, that's like fun. the wolf that's movie. Really yeah, yeah, that was good. Okay, we fought that was a long time ago. Though. It was, <laughs> yeah. a few years ago. But I mean, like, I like his stupid ones. Like Nonstop was fantastic. <laughs> it wasn't like art. Yeah, or anything like that, but they hit a bomb in a briefcase full of cocaine on an airplane. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I meant to watch that. I watched that director's newest movie, which The Shallows, which I just hated. But like, I need to watch. Oh, I got a big kick out of that one. Yeah, um, I did not yeah, like yeah, it. yeah. Well, it's silly, but I think he has. A, I, I find I think that director does his stuff very tongue in cheek. That felt yeah. like a Wiley e. Coyote cartoon with me, just with yeah, with the shark as Wiley e. Coyote and and uh, Blake Lively as the Roadrunner. Yeah, pretty just much. By me. Yeah. Um, all right. Next, next up. Uh, yeah. Warner Brothers announced they're working on a Man of Steel sequel, which is interesting because I thought Batman versus Superman was a Man of Steel sequel. I thought it was. Yeah. To be honest, I thought it yeah. was a direct sequel. Me to too. It. But apparently not. No. We're getting another goddamn Superman movie. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, they're, we're going to resurrect him in Justice League, and that'll be exciting. Um, no. And yeah, no. I saw, I saw a picture. I couldn't tell if it was doctored or not, where it was. Um, uh, Henry Cavill with a mullet. I think they were doing the like classic yes. Superman coming back to life with a mullet storyline. Oh boy, which would be exciting. If well, you guys... I mean, it doesn't. It's just it's the whole Superman thing's been so Jesusy in I this in say. this run that of course they're gonna bring him back. Yeah. In the in the episode where we talked about Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman, the the podcast, I believe I said we need to bring back mullet Superman. Yeah. So that makes me very happy. Yeah, I think that's where they're going with it. Great. Um. So <coughs> that's what could be Man of Steel too. Could be mullet Superman. Okay. Um, sure. But yeah, I, I'm curious now. <laughs> I just don't understand. My guess is that they're going to take advantage of the fact that everyone hated the mopey dopey Superman, and <laughs> when he comes back to life, it'll actually be Superman, like the actual character <laughs> Superman. And then every and it'll be like, oh no, it's deliberate. We always he had to die to become Superman, like Jesus. I think that's how they're going to play it. I think that's how they're going to play it. I think that's I, I exactly what they have say, planned. Make that exact and line. And then Man of Steel 2. He's like Jesus. He's you know? like yeah, Jesus. Yeah. He came He's back. He's a fun-loving Superman. He pretty much <laughs> did. They had that bit he where he tried to back, sacrifice himself in Man of Steel 1 where he was like he was like in a church talking to a priest and then they like cut to like this like ridiculous over-the-top angle of like Jesus on the cross next to Superman and being like, I'll make this sacrifice. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I, I remember, like, Jesus came back, and then he was just, like, a fun-loving party dude. So that's yeah, what they're mm-hmm. definitely going to do here. All that <laughs> wine, all, all that yeah. leavened bread. That's straight Craziness. out of the Bible. Yeah, mm-hmm. right out of it. Mm-hmm. Almost word for word like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus came back and was a fun-loving party dude. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, next up, uh, David Ayer finally explained why the Joker had the grill and the tattoos. Okay. Yeah, he claimed it was because in his backstory, the the Joker killed Robin, and then Ben Affleck got so angry that he beat the crap, beat the Joker's teeth out of his mouth. Okay. And then sent him to Arkham, so then uh, the Joker got the grill to replace his teeth. As you do. Yeah. In an insane in asylum. Prison. They give out grills in insane asylums all the time. Mm-hmm. And then he got the damage tattoo, because it was like him telling Batman, you damaged me. That's, so that's good. That makes it better. <laughs> <laughs> now that's well, yeah. I actually think that makes it worse. Yeah. yeah well, it's just, it's just nice to know as little thought went into it as I always assumed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not a good look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I didn't hate his look. Yeah. I might see how you feel in five movies. 
because that's they're stuck with that. The Joker's gonna what? Go to a tattoo removal service before Justice League? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I I, I actually kind of liked that one scene when he walked in. He was wearing like no shirt and like a pimp coat. Oh yeah, when he looked like he was in a D Antwerp music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I always, I always, I just, when I saw D'Ambert, I was like, oh, it's the Joker. It's finally, finally we've caught yeah, up. I, I loved it. I saw it and I was like, that's the Joker we need right now. Yeah. It's Shiny just, jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hashtag new Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see how that ages in like six months even. They, um, they missed a chance to like. They really missed a chance to finally get Willem Dafoe to play the Joker because he would be the perfect Joker. But no, I guess we're stuck with Jared Leto. Yeah, I didn't. Leto? I hate. I always said Leto. Okay. Yeah. I Leto. didn't hate his performance. I mean, I didn't get enough of a sense of it. He was in it for ten minutes, and all he did was cackle. Like it was <laughs> fine. Yeah. It was fine as that. But like, I didn't get any sense of it being any different than any other Joker ever. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm. I'm he not. Did the Heath Ledger voice? Yeah. That was kind of embarrassing. He could have at least got <laughs> with his own voice. He kind of came like he uh, that kind of phased in and out throughout his. <laughs> so he's not very good at voices. Then. You know what? I just really like uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars. Yeah, I think that's the. Man, it sounds the that sounds like you. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. Yeah, like he wasn't like horrible. I just yeah, I, I didn't think he was in it enough to me get much of a sense of what you only caught talk with Joker. What then? he's doing with it now, and I hate that aesthetic, and it sucks that they're stuck with it because mm-hmm. there's nothing they can do now. Yep. Yeah. Well, they could be um, like, that was a fake Joker. This is the real yeah, Joker. Yeah, or I'll bet when they do the uh, Ben Affleck as his Batman yeah. movie, it'll be set in the past. Because his Batman's been around for a while. Or, yeah. What if they just, like... So his normal Joker, then yeah. Batman beats him up, and then he goes to Arkham and gets exactly, crazy? Yeah. What if they just, like, take the tattoos away? Like, they just pretend like it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because like, yeah, comic book fans don't care about continuity. <laughs> yeah, no, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, does this look like they care about what comic book fans <laughs> <Yeah>. think? <laughs> Let's be honest here, they don't. So they could be like, yeah, no, he's totally normal yeah, Joker now. He's, his, he's in his pimp coat. He's got rid of his pimp coat, putting on his... No, mm-hmm. he's got to keep the pimp coat. <laughs> okay, he's That's putting a, a shirt on now. He's putting a shirt on. <laughs> so weird. He's no longer <laughs> I mean, I get that the Joker's supposed to be theatrical and stuff, but this looked like he just spent all his time picking out his outfits <laughs> and not doing his evil plots. I guess that's Did why he it went have wrong. Any plot? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I guess not. He was just he, he had, got he shot had, out of the sky. Yeah, had, Spoilers. Was, yeah, I know. If he'd like spent a little less time picking out his sweet grill and like <laughs> pimp coat and watching D Antwoord music videos, he would have <laughs> I mean, maybe actually had a Joker plot that worked like the Joker normally does. It's base. I mean, his Joker was basically to me like prison warden told him he couldn't get dessert. He listened to a bunch of Lincoln Park and got real angsty and said he was damaged. Like, now I know there's a backstory for him having a damage tattoo now, but it's just mm-hmm. so edgy and angsty in teenage. Mm-hmm. I sort of Silly. liked the, the one with the, the, the mouth on his, on hand, his hand arm. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I guess it was all right for that one time they did it. But, yeah. n- but now it's like if your friend has a tattoo of a mustache <laughs> on his finger, like he does it once and you're like, that's funny. And then from then on, you're like, really? You still have that? <laughs> like, you can't do that again on me. That you wasn't in ballpoint. We've been here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. What about, do we want to talk about the fact that uh, Jared Leto claims that there was about a movie worth of Joker removed? Yeah, he claims that. And then I also heard a thing Margot Robbie said this week that said there were a bunch of scenes. In the, and what it ultimately was was pretty much all the Joker stuff they shot, a lot of which was in the trailer, was all flashback material between the two of them. Okay. So it literally <clears throat> had nothing, no bearing on the main plot. So when they were trying to get the movie down to two hours, that's the stuff that had to go. I mean, like, even as it stands... 
realistically, you could cut every scene with the Joker out of that movie and it would still make sense and you wouldn't think that there was anything missing. Mm. Like, he has that little bearing on it. So, it doesn't surprise yeah, me. Yeah, it felt like they just put him in there for the sake of putting him in there. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see the one situation, like when they did Harley's flashback, like, you, you need the Joker there for that. Of course. But... I, I would have been fine with him just saying, like, I'm coming for you the whole time, and then end the movie with... I don't want to, like, spoil things, so... Spoilers, end the movie how they ended the movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, they could just could have done something where he just, like, actually had... And also, like, if, if this is supposed to be, like, an existing universe, surely everyone involved should have known who the Joker was and been a little concerned that the Jokers might show up. Like, everyone was just like, oh, yeah, there he is. Well, whatever. <laughs> Like, you know, it's the Joker. It's terrifying. Maybe this is more of a goal-oriented Joker. He just wanted to, <laughs> he just wanted her to come back, think, and that's I it. I think we put more thought into it than they did already yeah. right here, right now. Um, so anyway, that's a bummer. Um, and finally, last thing, uh, at the moment, there's still a couple territories it has to open in, but it looks as though Ghostbusters has not made enough. Yeah, appa- I was reading Hollywood Reporter, and apparently it's... Uh, it's going to lose Sony about $70 million. Mm. Yeah. Now, that's purely like um, that's marketing the movie budget. itself and marketing. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd imagine merchandise uh, maybe at least 70 Not necessarily. People aren't... It could be the fact that they're not buying the merchandise because usually they do work that into somewhere. No. Not in grosses. No, 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 no. My point is if a studio's putting out statements that they don't think they're going to be making... Yeah, but, they, the, the, but what the studio was putting out was purely box office. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I know often uh, Marvel will say, oh, we're going to continue this movie. Like, Pixar movies, the Cars movies, they may not make it in the box office, but we'll make it in the toys. Yeah, they never, yeah, that's the thing. They never say what they make in the merchandise. Because nah, that's, that's the sweetest plum. And they don't want anyone to know. But my point is, if maybe people aren't buying the toys. I no, mean, they, they, don't, they have done well. They, okay, they said I, that, like, all, like, yeah, toy retailers were saying that they, like, sold dramatically more than they expected. Okay. Um, so, but I feel like, uh, just purely box art. like it just wasn't the hit on the level. Well, I mean, they, like, they wanted wanted to be and needed it to be. It, it like was a hit on the level of like a comedy, yeah, but not a blockbuster. Yeah, and that's what they needed. I, I wa- mean, it was 144 to make. Yeah, and they spent another close to 100 just marketing the at thing. least. And so that and it made 170 million. So yeah, far. so far. And be, I think the biggest hit was I was reading the Hollywood Reporting story. I'm sure you read as well. Mm where they were saying the biggest problem was not being in China. Because mm-hmm. China's the biggest film going yeah, market. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it just wasn't there meant it was nearly impossible it unless hurt. it just did gangbusters when it first hit. Yeah, that hurt them bad. Because definitely, like, Warcraft made all yeah. its money there, for example. Like, it made almost $300 well, million I mean, like, everyone says, like, like, when you actually break down the numbers, like, China is a major market, but it still is not as big as North America. So uh, the biggest thing was just that it didn't... They, they, I'm sure they were banking on it making at least $200 million here. And then letting everything else catch up. Mm. So anyway, that's probably going to be the end of that. Personally, I, it doesn't bother me. Not because I didn't like the movie, and I actually would wouldn't mind seeing a sequel because it would yeah. be nice to oh, see yeah. one where they didn't just retread the yeah, yeah. plot of the last one, where they could actually do their own thing. But I would have no problem with it not being ran just because I don't want to have to deal with all that yeah. hype and hate again. But, I mean, they did. That was they, exhausting. <laughs> they did talk about the, in the Hollywood Reporter story. They did talk about the fact that they would be looking at. Uh, possibly animated movies and TV stuff. Oh yeah, I'm sure they won't <coughs> let the brand die. Yeah. yeah, so they yeah. just they just it does this movie just was too expensive to produce and yeah. they they it did more money than most of the other comedies Paul Feig has done. 
Yeah. But oh, like in line with his career, yeah. it did great. It's just it, they were expecting it to be different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because because and like no one expected Ghostbusters in 1984 to make the amount of money. That no, it did, you know and what, I mean? what was the Ghostbusters in ni- if you work for a conversion, Ghostbusters in 1984 earned about 300 million. Like I'm sure even more than that because okay. I think it's like 230 million. Pre-conversion. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's okay. It, 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 much did, it made a fortune, and it yeah. only cost about thirty to forty to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cheap to make. Yeah, it was a lot cheaper back then. Um, also, so, it was mostly practical, and they did a lot of weird, cheap stuff to kind of get it down. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, they like had they hired uh, like effects companies that hadn't existed before, exactly. so they were like working for a song and blah 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 blah. So anyway, um, yeah. So that's the end of that. That's a bummer. I wonder what that. Yep. I wonder what that means for the uh, all-female cast Ocean's Eleven movie. Oh, no, no, that's going to be fine. Fat. Yeah. 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 That's a lot cheaper. Yeah, they're not going to stop making movies for women because Ghostbusters... <laughs> no, I just mean, like, <laughs> taking... Made, made money but didn't make No, no, I just dollars. mean, like, the, the controversy <laughs> that surrounded the movie surely had an effect on its box office sales. I mean, yeah. And I also... I was just curious because, like, it's not making movies for females. I'm just saying, like, taking uh, franchises that were generally viewed as male oriented yeah, a woman and and yeah if, if that's if that's just kind of like an idea that no it's that's not like new that's happened no, before it is and the ocean's 11 thing they'll 100 percent do that yeah my thing they announced new cast members for this week that's happening yeah for sure. yeah there's like my, my problem with the ghostbusters movie was not the all-female cast Rihanna. Mm-hmm. yeah the, the ghostbusters movie was not the all-female cast is the way sony marketed the all-female cast and kind mm-hmm. of fed into that kind of internet hate. Mm-hmm. No, they, I think that internet hate was going to happen anyway. Well, it was, but Sony mm-hmm. banked on that. They hoped that the internet hate would kind of push its numbers up where they needed it to be. Well, I mean, that's because if you didn't have the, the like, misogynistic crowd uh, not going, you also had the people who are diehard Ghostbusters fans who didn't want to go too mm-hmm. uh, because it's such a beloved property. Uh, but I think they could have marketed it a little better to actually make it so they didn't just fan hate and actually did kind of bring in people. It also could have been cheaper. Like, yeah. there's no reason. That movie should have been $100 million. Yeah, there's no reason it needed that. to be $144 yeah. million. Yeah, like, the special like, effects yeah. looked great, but, I mean, in terms of what they could have done, cutting the budget in some areas, it's like a comedy doesn't always need to have a ridiculously high budget or really no. good CGI. So, I mean, mm. no. yeah. Have a few less scenes, have a few less special effects, and you can make the movie for $100 million easy, and then mm-hmm. reduce the marketing budget, and you can make your money back. Absolutely. Easy. Mm-hmm. They just they let the budget balloon, and that was their fault. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think most of that budget went towards that god-awful Fallout Boy Missy Elliott song. <laughs> <laughs> just, just contracting yeah, $40 million that, that one song. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's also the classic <clears throat> Snakes on a Plane era, yeah. which is like the amount of attention it got in, uh, online. Yeah. yeah, they assumed it was going to translate into ticket sales. Yeah, Snakes on the Plane did not how, do that's that. Not at how all it works. Either. Not how it works. Unfortunately, people love to hate. They don't. They don't even need to experience. Well, I mean, it's, they it's, just need. They, they just want to hate. Well, it's not even that. I mean. They don't want a reason to actually like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need to see it. <laughs> I just need to get angry about it, make a few blog posts. Yeah, <laughs> I got. I got at least six videos in me. Well, the point is also. <laughs> A movie that's good, people will see more than once, or you'll get bring your family to, etc. Mm-hmm. If a movie that you're just really angry about and want to see at a protest, you'll mm-hmm. see once. You're like, "Well, I've done my due job. Yeah, I've yeah. done my job. No one else needs to see it now. I've done my one job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've shown that I respect all women, so I've seen this one movie once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't bring their friends. They didn't bring their family. Mm-hmm. It's more of just I. They can put a video on YouTube saying, "I saw Ghostbusters. You should too. Maybe I don't care." Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bummer because I, I would have I would have liked another one of those, but uh, and hey, who knows? Yeah, like it's not impossible. It just it's not going to be made in the next year. or It's so, just not right? looking great. No, 
but also they may have but again this could also just be like another marketing tactic yeah. like it's not making a lot of money so I don't know if you guys want to do some blog posts about that <laughs> and people talking about Ghostbusters like, oh, if you want us to you want that whole female thing to keep going yeah, yeah. No, you may want to go if you're a real good feminist company. you may want to go again <laughs> see um, five more times just mm-hmm. saying but anyway so that's that and that's it for news okay yeah alright so guess I should just do a movie review yeah, yeah. yeah. Right alright so this week I saw Sausage Party how was, that? was fantastic. I loved it so much. I honestly think it's probably been my favorite movie of the whole summer. Really? Yeah, wow. definitely. Yeah. Um, I Now, I am a, a sucker for the Seth Rogen, mm-hmm. um, particularly when him and Evan Goldberg write them. I find that they're, uh, like, they're really filthy and funny in a way that I enjoy because I have a dirty mind. But yeah. <laughs> they also, and I'm very immature, but they also are, like, tend to be, like, deceptively either... Uh, like emotionally complex and insightful mm. or they're doing some sort of interesting like cinematic game or actually have something to say. And this is probably um, their uh, smartest and most interesting movie in addition to being like by far their most disgusting and offensive Isn't that in really right? wonderful ways. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean the concept's pretty simple. Everyone knows that by now. Yeah. It's supermarket where everyone's sentient, uh, where all the like food and products are sentient. And uh, but yeah, they it starts with a song um, that they sing every morning. It's very filthy, obviously. And, of course it is. Uh, it's all it, basically everyone, all the the food and products in the supermarket dream of being taken to what they call the great beyond. So it has a very religious connotation to it. Everyone behaves because they feel like they won't be chosen if they get out of their package or right, right. give in to their baser instincts. And then, um, and uh, so yeah, the main characters have throwing the hot dog, the girls with their buns, and they're in love with each other for obvious reasons. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> one day they finally get picked, but at the same time a jar of mustard uh, had recently been returned from the store. So he'd seen the outside and was horrified. And yeah. he was trying to explain it to them and they wouldn't listen. And he, rather than going back, uh, tried to kill himself by jumping out of the shopping cart. So Seth Rogen and the bun that he's in love with try to stop that because they don't want to ruin everything. And that leads to a bunch of them falling on the floor. And it has this like uh, halfway between Saving Private Ryan and 9-11 sequence. <laughs> where all the food are like, it's really, yeah, it's really funny and, and in horrible taste in a wonderful way. And then, uh, yeah, Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig, Chris Rogen's hot dog, Kristen Wiig's bun end up left behind and they need to travel through the supermarket. supermarket to find out if it's true that the Great Beyond is nonsense. And as they travel through, um, all the food's sectioned off and all the food are basically like deliberately very uh, on the nose ethnic stereotypes. Um, so there's like Chief Firewater, who's the spiritual guide who knows everything. Oh, God. And at first, yeah, at the first, that's the thing, I was starting to feel uncomfortable. I was like, I don't know if you guys should be doing this, but it's actually like all done very specifically. Yeah, like there's. Uh, Sour Nazi sauerkraut that wants to kill the Jews. <laughs> oh my god! That's what they're preaching. Um, and uh, then there's this. Um, uh, their sort of sidekicks on their on their journey are a, uh, a bagel that's voiced by Edward Norton doing a really hilarious and dead on Woody Allen impression, <laughs> and a pita that's uh, that's Arab. And oh, so course. they have a constant uh, battle where they're talking about how like they were both moved to the same place and displaced, and they feel like they have equal <laughs> rights to their. <clears throat> so it gets deeper like that, and then it sort of ultimately, um, it, it really is sort of written in plays like a South Park episode. And it's, it's very like equal opportunity, and it's satire, and right. it it 
becomes a sort of critique on religion, becomes an atheistic film, but not one that's like the one that even like criticizes the idea of just mocking other people for their beliefs right. that you should have your own. And <clears throat> ends up in a kind of like positive and inclusionary way, but not in a grading manner and an actually kind of mature and smart manner. And then they also like celebrate by having a giant food orgy that's like, I can't believe they did some of the stuff they did and it's unbelievable. <laughs> so it's very, yeah, totally. Well, yeah, I'd heard on interviews this week that Seth Rogen and, uh, and Evan Goldberg deliberately put in like eight things into the food orgy that they knew was too much so they could like try to argue <laughs> for the stuff they wanted and then they only had to take out half of one of them. So it all ended up being in. Because it has this like interesting vibe where they like take it kind of, because it is very cheap for a CGI film, yeah. but it looks quite good. And so the it's sort of like halfway between like a VeggieTales and Pixar aesthetic. Right. Hmm. And so there is something about seeing, because there's never been an R-rated CGI animated thing before. I believe you. There really hasn't. Huh. So there is something interesting about taking that imagery that we like as exclusively think of as wholesome and subverting it. And it kind of softens it. So I, I can see how they got away with it. Plus, they're you know, pretty successful and have a track record and so forth. Yeah. It's generally independent people that really have to battle with the MPAA. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, I find it. I thought it was, yeah, like like subversive and inclusionary and very funny and, and surprisingly clever and well acted and well done. <laughs> the directors did like Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, one guy, and uh, Shrek Two. Of course, they, where they came from. So it, it looks wow. per like they just hired people that have done the thing they're parodying. So it looks yeah, yeah it, it looks, looks perfect. <coughs> and yeah, I was just really impressed. Um, like I do, I think, I I do think eventually people will recognize that. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are actually really bright guys and have been mm. doing interesting work. It's just right now because they're so, you know, they make deliberately raunchy R-rated comedies and yeah. they are so successful that it seems, you know, it's like when South Park started, no one yeah. took it seriously and then eventually yeah. people got to it. And this feels like a big step forward for them. And yeah, like I said, I think it's not only probably their funniest movie, but like inarguably their best and smartest. Awesome. And I really hope it does well um, because like, CGI animated movies make a fortune mm. every, and they make a fortune everywhere worldwide and it would be really nice if a market was established for R-rated ones for adults yeah. mm -hmm. as well because that would you know me and my job as a film critic I gotta sit through all those it would be nice if every now and then uh, <laughs> but anyway I think yeah no I think no this was uh, I was really impressed it was like I was really excited about this and this was far better than I thought it would be and it's something that I really recommend it's especially something worth going to see in a theater because it's one of those any any like shock comedy like this that works this well has like an effect, a mass hysteria effect. Yeah. That I love. Like I there's I few experiences I've had in a movie theater more fun than like watching those jackass movies with a full crowd of people. <laughs> people like physically react and get up and move. And I had saw people walk out of Sausage Party even. Really? Oh yeah. Well it's it's out there for sure. And like they are what's funny is I'm looking forward to seeing I think there's gonna be uh uh, back, I think people are going to attack them for the ethnic stereotyping. But what will be funny about that is if it happens, the people that do won't have seen the movie all the way through. Because if right. you walk out, you will be like, "That's gross," and you'd be right to think so. But eventually, they like it's all deliberate, and they very much acknowledge it. Oh, and okay. they even like make jokes about it. So I'm really that. hoping that happens because that would be be really fun to see people get all angry about something that was actually deliberate and addressing. <laughs> That's so always how it is. Though. Lots of mm -hmm. Mary Sue blog posts about it. Hmm? Want to see Mary Sue blog post about it? I think there might be a little Mary Sue. For sure. They definitely are courting Mary Sue anger. So we'll see what happens. Now, they, like, include... 
is crazy. Like, there's a whole, like, there's, like, a major plot point involves bath salts. Like, they really, really? yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Like, they really, they really go hard on it. I was very pleased. And, yeah, it's, to, to see the, to see something that offensive and that funny at the same time is, that's my pride and joy, so. Nice. Highly yeah. recommend it. That was great. They're cool. working on the, uh, the Console Wars movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, well, I mean, I don't know what's going on with the fiction version. The documentary is definitely still happening. Yeah. And they're involved with that. Well, I, I, was, I talked to uh, the writer last The year. writer of the documentary? Uh, of, the, of the book. Oh, the book, right. Yeah. Um, and I think he's, he, he was talking about how he was like, like, they're still, they were working on the script. So I assume it's going to be coming soon. Yeah, totally. I, I just know, like, um, the documentary is like, they're, in, they're like finishing that. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, they done actually, and that's um, coming. They actually took them to, uh, this isn't, uh, I don't think this was uh, Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah, yeah. For this no, part, they're for involved the with the documentary, but really? they didn't like direct it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they actually took um, uh, the, what's his name? The, the the president of Sega America. The the, the Tom Kalinske? Yeah, Tom Kalinske. Thank you. Uh, they actually took Tom Kalinske to E3 that year. Oh, yeah. Uh, to show him how far the industry's gone since he's left. Wow. Oh, that'd yeah. be interesting. So hopefully that stays in there. That was something that he told me about in the interview. That I, 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 that'd be cool to see. Yeah, yeah, no cool. kidding. Yeah, I almost like, like, I'd be curious to see what they do with a fiction version of it. Uh, yeah, especially with them at the helm, like, yeah. like a comedy version of that. It'd be interesting, but I am, like, I'm glad the documentary is coming first because I'm yeah. actually probably more excited about that. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, like, I do, I. I really do like these guys, especially when they write their own stuff. So, awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That, that Sega thing could be could be good for sure. I'd recommend reading the book. It's, yeah, it's yeah I heard it's good. Yeah, yeah, get a glimpse of uh, what it's what it's like. Yeah, the problem is a the, like a lot of the people in the in the book are yeah. like they're like caricatures, and I, I actually talked to him about that, and he was like, "Yeah, they're they're like that in real life." <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's, fa- it, it's like it's a fascinating story. Like I've always been interested in it. The uh, the thing is just that like. When the book came out, I knew there was a documentary coming. Yeah. So I've You're always like, been like, for that. Ah, a, as a writer, why would I read? Yeah, I know. <laughs> books are great and everything, but... Movies are yeah. easy. <laughs> so, but I should read that book. Should All right. Should we it. talk about uh, No Man's Sky now? Uh, well, really quickly, I'd like to talk about that Batman yeah, game, because yeah. I didn't get to talk about that last week. Sure, go for the, it. The, like, Telltale. Oh, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Playing. Yeah, yay, what have you been playing? <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I played the first chapter of the Telltale Batman yep. story, and I, I really liked it. Um, I enjoy Telltale games. Um, always have. I haven't played some of the recent ones because I don't particularly like Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, so that was a bit of a challenge for <laughs> me uh, when, they <laughs> when their focus became entirely that. Did you play Wolf Among Us? Uh, a little bit, but not the whole thing because I haven't really read Fable. Uh, that was the problem. They started working on properties that like I know are supposed to be good but aren't my thing. So uh, I was really excited when they picked up on Batman. I like played a little bit of them just because I enjoy adventure games. I'm glad yeah. that's back and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But anyway, Batman. I, no, I was really pleased by where they've gone so far. Um, the... Uh, yeah, it's like obviously all choice based again, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, they've done it. And so yeah, you basically are deciding like, as Batman, how violent and horrible you want to be, and, and and if you want to even have a relationship with the police, which is interesting because I'm playing it uh, sadistically, um, just because I've never seen a like Batman out of control story. No one does that, so I'm like, great, I can finally do this. And so that's been fun. Um, and then as and then uh, as Bruce Wayne, it's similar with alliances, not publicly. Right. I would want to be, and um, now considering, like, obviously they're taking very familiar characters and a very familiar storyline. I've been impressed just with the setup of what they've created. Um, it, 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 there's a lot of potential there, and um, I like 
the twist they've done on certain characters, like they did their version of the Penguin is kind of similar to the Gotham okay. TV series. Okay. Which is the only good thing about that series. <laughs> so he's actually um, the son of, like, there's a, you go to one point at, like, Cobblepot Park in Gotham, and you see, like, a statue head with his father that actually looked like huh. Penguin Penguin. And so oh, this, yeah. it's like a, a kid around uh, Bruce's age, because this is a younger Batman as well, and he is, uh, yeah, like, rich kid who spent his fortune and wants to start a revolution. So he has kind of an interesting dynamic that will be different. Um, and... Yeah, and thus far I was just really yeah pleased by how well that worked. It looks great. Their telltale aesthetic, obviously, since it was built on Walking Dead, was always designed to look like a comic book, so yeah. that fits in with Batman quite well. The voice acting was good, although there were times where, because the telltale facial animation is always very sl- small and deadpan, <laughs> there are times where like characters are screaming, but okay. the faces are just sort of talking like that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, I guess. But face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that was that was a little bit distracting. Uh, the combat's all uh, quick time events, but. The, I, found, I found them implemented quite well, and they were so dramatic um, because it's been a while since I've gone deep into a Telltale game, and yeah. they are obviously much higher budgeted than like Back to the Future or something. <laughs> so, um, so that goes a long way. And uh, yeah, I was thus far I was really pleased. It was um, actually a relief because um, it's been a rough Batman summer for me with movies. So <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. nice to like nice to have that. see a Batman that I enjoyed again, and enjoy and I enjoyed that I finally get to do my train wreck. Batman's a horrible person story that I've always wanted to say. I, I was really interested when I saw it. I was kind of scared because uh, a Batman game that uh, that focuses more on choice, yeah, uh, is 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 kind of a weird See, idea because yeah, no, Batman as a hero, yeah, isn't choice based as much. Well, I, I see now that. Um I glad you brought that up because that's something I should have mentioned because that's something I enjoy. Where um, I see your concern there, but what I what I where I think it works and what I like about it is that Batman is like a you know hinges on moral ambiguity, right? Yeah. So that's sort of what all the choice based things depend on is is like what 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 morality you want to embrace with him. What if you want to like you can certainly be the Batman, the like bigger man Batman that everyone. Or you can go down a darker path, or presumably Telltale will trick you, and you'll think you make the right decision. You make the wrong one, blah blah blah. So that was really nice, and I also didn't mind it not being an action game, because uh, that was the big thing for me. Was like, uh, especially after just having played the Arkham games, yeah. to then like make a Batman game with no action seemed like an odd choice. But again, I actually quite like that because the stories are, you know, yeah. traditionally detective and noir stories, so it allows it to focus exclusively on that. And um, the writing in it, I was very impressed with. So far. oh wow. You know, um, yeah, like I said, it's certainly better than. I'll have to give it a try. I was really excited after I read your review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really pleased with it. Now, I, I, I really like. I, I am a big Batman fan, so sometimes I Mm. like Batman more than others. But this summer, I was proven wrong on that. So. (laughs) Yeah, I. uh, So so, uh, no, I I highly recommend it. I was, uh, yeah, I was just expecting it to be just kind of average, and I would just enjoy it to get my Batman kicks. But I actually think it's really strong and has potential and. I hope they don't screw it up over the next five episodes. You're saying Elias? Oh, yeah. I was yeah, just going to say, it's like I, uh, I definitely, the Batman stories that always interest me, um, Long Halloween is probably yeah. my favorite Batman, Batman. And so the Batman stories that I always like the best are the ones that sort of delve into who he is as a character, that sort of delve into his uh, inner machinations or motives or whatever. And mm-hmm. like the, 
the Batman that's focused on just taking out bad guys, when writers do that, I'm not super interested in it. But when it delves into who Bruce Wayne is as a character and how he mm-hmm. handles that duality of being Batman mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne, that's something I'm really into. So, I mean, it sounds like this sort of delves into that a little bit for sure. Yeah, this is, I, I would say it's even like the focus of it. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's definitely in diving into his psychology and his yeah his yeah because you know he's a damaged guy and he's got a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. And uh, and and I thought it was interesting to position it in an early uh, version of Batman when he is still like when his methods aren't totally known, so that they can play with that and you mm-hmm. can, if you so choose, have a radically different and unfriendly Batman from the ones that we know. Um, so yeah, no, the, that's far it seems, and and even just the way the. They like intro- they introduced Harvey Dent and, mm. and Catwoman and I like I don't want to get into spoiler situations but the storytelling is very clever and mm. the way they've already set up a number of complicated secrets and dynamics between people I was pleased with and yeah no I think it's a really strong piece of work so I'm looking forward to the next one awesome cool all right that's um, it. before we get into No Man's Sky I should probably talk about a few things that. I did. Yes, yeah, okay. I, I know we're going a little long, but I, I kind of have to. <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, you do. So uh, this last week, uh, I wasn't on the podcast because I was out in San Francisco for Eclipso Media's 10-year anniversary event. Um, and I guess, do, do you guys know much about Eclipso Media's work? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, they're mostly known for uh, the Tropico series. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, They've, they've done other stuff, too. I, I, I've actually noticed I reviewed a lot of Calypso stuff. Uh, I think the last one I did was Grand Ages, um, which was pretty fun. Anyway, uh, they showed off three games. There's four, but I got to play three. Uh, well, I got to play two, and I got to see a playthrough one. Um, but uh, the first one I'll talk about is called Urban Empire. Uh, this game's actually really cool. It's uh, imagine uh, a city builder like SimCity, where you okay. actually have to deal with the political crap that goes along with building a city. Uh, so you get to pick one of multiple families, and those families have different uh, political um, alliances, uh, different views, and all that kind of stuff. And that actually uh, affects how parties view you and mm-hmm. kind of, like, what you do. Um, so you actually have to, like, if you want to raise taxes or something like that, you have to run it by them, and maybe you have to appeal to them to kind of, like, show your what you mean. And the whole goal is to stay in power uh, from... Uh, for, for 200 years you have like your part your your family's lineage is staying to power uh it's really cool makes you question uh some of your beliefs okay because there are situations where um you know you want to say you want to do something that's radical but uh and and like actually progressive but you need also need to stay in power so you might right. actually you might actually have to shelf those ideas oh um so that that could be like women's rights to vote maybe there's a conservative party in power when that that topic comes up and they don't want it and you want to um and you try your best to to like push it through and uh you lose your political prestige and you get kicked out of office for that kind of stuff like it's it's situations like that we uh, we had a smaller situation to deal with where uh, we had to do uh, uh we had to raise taxes because we were spending a crap load of money and uh it just wasn't good we built a school Apparently, those are expensive to run. Uh, so we were... Uh, I wanted to uh, raise... Uh, ta- well, we had to raise taxes. So I wanted to raise taxes on businesses, uh, but no one wanted to go for that. So we actually had to raise taxes on citizens. Um, so that's that's the kind of stuff that you have to deal with. It's actually really interesting, and you have to build... You actually can build your city to, like, go a certain way. So we went for, like, progressive, so we built a train station, but we could have... 
instead uh, looked into building like uh, research into like photography or something that we could have been an artistic city. Oh, neat. Okay. But, uh, with the building of the train station, we also got the the technology to build street lamps, which helped our citizens feel safer. Uh, so there's all there's a lot of balancing, not only with your political parties, but with your citizens as well. Really cool game. I really recommend anyone to like check it out when it when it comes out or like look it up and, and see what it's doing because it's a uh, it's really cool. The preview for that's already up on CG. Awesome. Uh, the other game I played uh, was Vikings. Okay. Uh, Wolves of Midgard. That was like Diablo, but with uh, with a little more action heavy and less potion. Was there uh, actual like creatures and things like that, or was it all? <laughs> <laughs> was it all? Um kind of just real other humans type things like that? Uh, it was all like mythical creatures. Okay. So uh, the cool. mission that I played was uh, to go and slay an ice giant. Um, the, the whole idea is uh, the, the ice giants want to bring, uh, it's called uh, uh, the mighty winter. I can't remember the word for it. Fimble winter. Sure. Uh, which is uh, the, the winter that comes before the end of the world. Okay. Uh, you return back to your, your home and uh, giants have taken it over. So you have to save everyone. Uh, and then you kind of run that as your hub. Okay. Uh, and you're supposed to build that as well as your character. Um, and yeah, I went out, slayed an ice giant. It's fun. Um, it's it's very... Uh, the, I played on the PS4, um, and all the buttons are allocated to moves. Oh, weird. Uh, like different attacks. Okay. And okay. your stick is used for dodging. Oh, so it's a sure. fixed camera. I got a war style. Uh, didn't have any problems with that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any problems with the fixed camera. It, it, it honestly looked like a Di- like Diablo three oh, yeah. uh, in terms of like the the way the camera was angled and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so it requires you you have to get up close to your enemies and dodge at the right at the right time. Uh, I liked it very action heavy. Uh, the the other mechanic they added in there was a uh, because it's taking place during the Fimble Winter. You have an exposure meter. Oh, okay. Kind of like um, what was that game by Capcom? The uh, Lost Planet. Lost Planet, yeah. Sort of like that. So if you actually spend too much time out in the winter yeah, yeah. escape, uh, you can actually start to lose your... Like, the your exposure meter will go up and you'll start to lose health. Oh, okay. Uh, so you have to find uh, warm spots like fire pits and stuff like mm. that around. Uh, that actually makes for combat to be very intense because there are times where you have to abandon combat altogether. Right, right. And then you'll have hordes of enemies chasing you while you're trying to find this, like, fire pit. <laughs> Weird. Uh, it was super fun. I was really... That's probably the one I'm... Uh, I think will probably be like received the best by everyone. Okay. Because uh, it's so accessible. And it's really right. different for Calypso, who's known for like more point and clicky games. Yeah. Uh, the last one was uh, Sudden Strike 4, which. Uh, it's an RTS type. Yeah, it was an RTS Conqueror game. Style. Exactly. So our uh, Sudden Strike hasn't. There hasn't been a Sudden Strike game for like six years. Oh, wow. uh, they got the that. rights. So new team, new, develop, uh, new publisher. Uh, honestly, it, it was fun. It was hard. Hmm. Uh, less focus on building. Uh, units and things like that, and more focus on uh, actually like completing missions and going. Oh, that's really cool. There. Uh, really fun. A lot of thought put, put into that. Like things like tanks can deflect things off. Of, like if you hit them at certain angles, mm. so you actually have to like go around the tank and start attacking them from behind, or else you'll shoot like a bomb at it and it'll bounce off into your. Oh wow! Thanks. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was really cool, um, and even it's a uh, World War II era. Uh, you actually fight in real battles. Uh, you play as real generals. Oh, weird! Each oh, yeah. general has uh, different perks uh, compared for what they're known for. So, mm. like, there's a general that like your tanks are reinforced better. There's a general where all your troopers have are armed with grenades, like stuff like that. Oh, weird! Um, mm. It was it was really fun. A lot of thought put into it. Uh, the, the levels it are very. Uh, I don't have a release date yet. I've oh, heard, okay. oh um, it's 
I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, my like preview for that, years, I think, is, or is it no, like... no, it's coming out next year. <laughs> okay. Um, I believe, I want to say Q1, but I could be wrong. Right, that's fine. Uh, my, my preview has that in there. We'll forgive you. Um, so next week, check out CGMagOnline.com for that. Uh, that was what I played. Uh, really fun. Really excited for what Calypso has coming up. Does, um, awesome. does Vikings have local co-op? Because that sounds like a game where that would be perfect for it. I didn't see anything for it, but that would be really cool. Yeah, that's, they, they, that's what Diablo, that's why Diablo. I play Diablo. Yeah. I mean, there's a very good chance they do. Uh, I just, I'm not sure. I, I got to play, like, with the, with the time that my plane left mm-hmm. and the time that I had to play the actual game, I didn't have enough time to, like, look for stuff like that. But Makes sense. Uh, I'll look into it, and I'll let you know. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> Should we talk about No Man's Sky now? Let's talk about No Man's Sky, the thing we've been teasing forever. Yeah, I, I think just looking at the time, I should slip okay. out. So, so I'm going to do this. Right. Since I'm the one person on this podcast who has not played No That's Man's fair. Sky, <laughs> this seems like an opportune time. Yes, it All right. is. to slip away. See you later. So, yeah, that's... That's the end of me for this week. Bye, Bye loyal listeners. Bye, you crazy people. <laughs> See you later. See you later, guys. Bye. All right, so No Man's Sky. Elias, you got to do the review for this game, and I do not envy you at all. Yeah, I was, um, at first, I was definitely really excited because there's a lot of hype around this game, and I was like, oh, it's a big game. I'm really excited to review this. Let's dig right in. And a few hours in, I was like, so am I going to do the same thing for, like, 30 hours and the answer is yes 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 i am (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's weird because like i wanted to like it more than i did mm. and um i'm still unsure of how i feel about the game yeah yeah i mean i i definitely i like the aesthetic i like the idea i like i like parts of it and i like what they're going for it's just the way the way that everything is assembled is just very obtuse to me. Like with the menu mm. system being very counterintuitive and the gameplay it is being really so weird. bare bones. There's not much game. No, there There's isn't. There's really not much game. Is it a yeah, game? you're not lying when you say it's bare bones. It's, it's malnourished, really. Well, no, yeah. what it is, is it's an indie team building an indie game that's been marketed as a AAA game. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly what it is. Exactly problem. Um, mind you, there is something kind of... Uh, I don't know, like, so cool about going and exploring new planets. Oh, you know, is. like, there's there's a little, there's, it's kind of noble to just, like, your your whole game is uh, pretty much just, like, finding knowledge. And I like that. It's just I wish there was a little more. Okay, my view of the game is it's a sandbox that is built, like, it's it's the essence of what would happen if you had a box of Legos and... A random machine just built your Legos and weird things around a room. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, well, it built infinite Lego rooms, but they're all kind of built on the same blocks. Mm -hmm. You have all the creatures are just five different parts put together, whatever it is, and you just, like, go through it and, like, yep, there's the weird squirrel head, there's the weird dinosaur body. That's kind of cool, I guess. That's kind of an abomination of, like, nature. That's kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, and, like, the the different types of uh, planets you can land on, it's the same kind of effect. It's like, oh, this place is cold, so I need to power up my life support to make sure I don't freeze. Oh, this place is hot. Better power up my life support so I don't burn. Oh, this place is nuclear for some reason. Better power up my life support system so I don't get radiation with plutonium for some reason. Um it's it's there's there isn't a lot of variety it's the same like yeah the the environmental effects are the same effect with a different logo next to it pretty much every single time and you always solve it by using the same materials which are conveniently found on literally every single planet you go to (laughs) 
yep. yeah. There are some resources that are more common than others, but mm -hmm. beyond that, you just like I, my starting planet was full of gold, so I had these giant pits full of gold. Nice. And that was awesome. Yeah. But then I got another planet that was no gold anywhere. I'm like, well, that's annoying. I thought it was just like every planet has all this gold you can use, but nope. The one thing I will give the game, um, I don't know if you felt this way or if you feel this way, Elias. Mm -hmm. uh, as a reviewer, I don't get a lot of time to play stuff that I want to play. Sure. Um, so it's nice to have a game that like I can pop in and play for like 20 minutes every now and then that I don't have to worry about like where am I in the story? What am I doing yeah. at this point in time? Right. It's very like it's almost retro in a sense in that way where you can just pop in and play whenever you want. Yeah. yeah. I do feel also continue on that. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. I was, I was basically going to say it's like, of course, reviewing it, I have to be a little more focused on, okay, what's the end game? What's my end goal? Mm. But the more and more I, I have played into the game, the more and more I keep trying to like reach the end, so to speak. I think that might definitely be t like tinting my view of it because mm -hmm. I am trying to reach a certain point that I've, I just don't know if like, I don't know where it is. And so the more and more I do stuff to get to that point, the more it all just starts running together. It's like, okay, this is a different planet and the sky's blue this time and you go to the next one and it's the same textures everywhere, but I guess the sky's red and I'm getting irradiated now. It's it's the same thing and the game feels like it does continue on a super linear path in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so I definitely feel as if, yeah, I feel as if all the plants started running together. It's like your Lego metaphor. It's like you're they're drawing from this five gigabyte texture bank, basically, and it just starts running together really, really fast. Yeah, my biggest problem is they the big hype around this game that a lot of press were using was infinite planets. Mm -hmm. They would constantly build planets. Every single time a person joined, there'd be a new planets created. And that's good in theory. If there was things to do, like you could build, like go back to the concept of multiplayer. If you could build a little outpost and you could actually use the resources you're mining to build things in the world, and then other people could find your planets and say, wow, there's a civilization this random guy built. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happens. There's no, yes, it's kind of like a, rud a really rudimentary Minecraft, but you don't do anything with the resources you mine. You just kind of buy the bare things they've set up yeah. and go to the place they predetermined decided you have to go. This is very empty. Yeah, imp I think empty is a really good word. I mean, I'm all about, because I'm, like I'm a moderate Star Trek fan, and so I really do love the idea of, like, like you mentioned earlier, the very noble goal of, like, I'm setting out to find these alien civilizations. The problem is... Um, I've started the game I because um, I started on the office account then I started my retail yeah. copy and then I let uh, I let my friend my roommate play my retail copy as well and every single time I've started this game or seen it started the civilizations you encounter are the same yep. the path you continue yeah. on is the same so there's no real sense of discovery because it's all very set it's like a really small deck of cards gets thrown into the air and you pick one of those three cards and that's that's your game yeah, yeah I remember um I, this might have been a conversation on the podcast a while back when we were seeing uh, some of the trailers, or it could have been something that we just had a, a conversation in, in the office about. Uh, was Jordan was uh, constantly comparing it to um, to Wind Waker, where it's kind of mm. like, yeah, well, you know, like it's it's just kind of like you can kind of go and like explore, and that's kind of awesome. Well, yeah, but Wind Waker actually had uh, variety and where you can go. Yeah. Whereas this feels like, yeah, you're right, it is all the same. And there's a uh, Wind Waker also had you know like gameplay like varied, <laughs> varied gameplay of things you could do whereas No Man's Sky like unfortunately really boils down to 
Welp, this mining gun is also your space laser. Uh, <laughs> you can shoot it at things, I guess, and you mine resources, Hardly and there's no, there's no real impetus to do that. You get the resources, you pump them into yourself, you go to the next planet, you do the same thing. And I know yeah. the end goal is like, well, you're going to get to the center of the galaxy, but honestly, why do I want to? What's there? I just, I don't care. Like, the Atlas keeps telling you, the, the big thing it's guiding you, the Atlas is like, there's something really good there. And I just, I don't believe that. I feel like I'm going to get <laughs> to the center of the galaxy and I'm just going to sit there and be like, well, I guess that was a game. <laughs> you actually, like, you make a very good point uh, about the uh, the mining laser. Uh, my first playthrough, or maybe it was my second playthrough, because I played a bit on the Office account, too, mm-hmm. um, for, for Let's Play. Uh, I got attacked by by those those droids, and all I had was my mining laser, and it was the most frustrating battle I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm gonna throw it out there. If if this was a first person shooter first, and this other stuff second, this would be the worst first person shooter I've ever played. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely, oh, for sure. It's but it's more of it's kind of like it's honestly like uh the that that. Uh, that uh, that like it's like a walking sim. What was that yeah. one that came out? Everyone goes to the rapture. No, there's a lot of walking sims. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, of that. No, I'm thinking of the the one like in the forest, the fire. Oh, Firewatch. Firewatch. Firewatch yeah. yeah, thank you. I mean, my view of this is it's kind of like a it's yeah. Kind of, Firewatch is a good description. Except there's more story in Firewatch. Yeah, Firewatch is a really yeah. good game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say this is more like Minecraft meets like a really rudimentary space game and neither one of them is fleshed out. It's as Minecraft without the building aspect. Yeah, but you still mine random yeah. things around a universe. You go to different planets. Well, I mean, like, just the, the the reward of Minecraft is seeing, like, look at this look at this thing I built. Like, yeah. that's cool, but you don't get that with this. No, but, I mean, it has, the, it has the rudimentary setup that it makes sense that they, that might be a thing they wanted to do and just cut it out because yeah. it feels the thing is not fully finished yet, in a way. Like, it feels that there's either there's two things it could be finished and it's a big game it's a small game that people hyped up so much that they tried to make it feel like a big game sure. yeah or it's a small it's a big game and they just didn't have the team to build the big game they wanted to build and i'm not sure which one it is it's one of those two things i feel like the hype definitely did have an have an effect on this it's, yeah it's, it's a it's sad i mean it's yeah no, go on yeah no i definitely feel the same way i mean i feel like the hype definitely definitely uh built this game up to be something that it was never going to be um and part of that was definitely sony's uh marketing for the game which was uh, like intentionally obtuse sort of hinting at things that were there without necessarily confirming them and all i think anyone had to do was go look at hello games other two games they made their other two um the two joe danger games and those are great games those are fantastic little like trials games but they're not open world procedurally generated games. This studio is really small and they've never made anything like this before. And yeah. I do think something of this scope, um, of the scope that was initially promised was honestly an unrealistic expectation that we were being fed to believe was going to be there when it was really never going to be. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think hello games ever said this stuff. I think it's a lot of kind of insinuating that, Oh, imagine what you could do with infinite planets. And it was like, wow, I can imagine a lot of things. Both That's all yeah. those things. Both its marketing and the way uh, we as the press have handled yeah. that mm-hmm. marketing uh, both contributed to it to be uh, in our heads something more than it could ever be. Yep. And that's kind of sad because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's not a terrible game. No, no. 
I, I think they are the positioning it as AAA game. It's yeah. it's priced at sixty nine ninety nine here or what is it priced down there? Uh, Fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sad because I've had a lot of friends be like, "Oh, you're playing No Man's Sky. What do you think about it?" And I'm like, "It's fine." And like they want me to say more about it. Yeah. They're like, "Okay, well, tell me about it." And it's like, they, it's it's it is what it is. Like it's it's, it's not, a, to be honest, there's not much to it. That's the thing. Yeah, there's a lot to it and almost nothing to it at the same time. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's yeah. It's it's uh it's like they 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 make they they put the uh, idea that there's a that there's a lot by putting very little into it yeah i mean i definitely agree like and you mentioned like people asking you how it is and like i have been in positions this past week where i have been like holding three simultaneous conversations about this game and like i want to tell people about it and i'm trying to rack my brain for like okay well what can i say and i'm like well you craft things, you go to planets, what else do you do? You can get in dogfights, but there's no real reason to do it, and the ship controls are frankly not that good for dogfights, and yeah, there's really there's really not much to discuss. You go to a planet, you get some resources, you go to the next one, and that's that's really it. Yeah. You don't there's, do anything with resources, except build more stuff to go places. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's kind of the frustrating part. Like, I wish that I could actually settle on one of those planets mm-hmm. and go back to it. Um, but maybe that's just too ambitious for what the game really is sure. um, and what they can do and maybe what can even be handled on the PS4. But at the same time, don't market a game that that sounds like you can do that. Yeah, and yeah. If, you're, um, if you're writing about it, like, no, don't on. hype it up to be something it's not going to be. That's the problem. It's really hard, um, especially with how uh, previews work. Yeah. Uh, I just know this from, from... I've gone to my first like slew of preview events and e3 uh it's it's you don't have a lot of time with a game yeah uh and that's intentional because if you have too much time you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be thinking positive thoughts right uh, if you spend 10 minutes if you t- spend 10 minutes in no man's sky if you were dropped in no man's sky middle of the game and yeah. you had enough tools to do what you wanted to do and you got l- a series of planets you could visit like it seems endless yeah that's kind of like what happened when uh when i got to do my legend of zelda preview i got uh, 15 minutes doing whatever I want, and then 15 minutes doing the actual like story. Yeah. Uh, and that's not enough time with the size of that game. Uh, and most of that preview I wrote was from the perspective of a Zelda fan. Yeah. Um, and that's that's I think that's what a lot of uh, developers and publishers do. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a bad thing because they're just doing their job. But uh, I think there has to there, there is an ethical uh, line that we have to to walk when we do that kind of stuff because it is our responsibility to inform people of what they're getting into. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. And it, but there's only so much we can do with so much time. I mean, if you have 20 minutes of game, you cannot talk about what a 20 hour experience is going to be. That's impossible. Not at no, all. you can't. And I, it, no man's sky. It seems like there's a big experience still there. Like there's numerous hours to get through it, but it's hard to say when you see no man's sky in a press event and they say, look at all these planets, imagine what you could do on those planets. And the press or like everyone else, they'll imagine like, imagine all the worlds that I could, I can imagine a lot of things. What could there be on these, these worlds? And yes, the onus is on the press, but the onus is also on the publishers and the developers to kind of give a clear picture. We're building out of these set, these 20 tile sets, so it's yeah. all going to be based on those 20 <laughs> there, I mean, there's <laughs> also, Yeah. There's also just like, we have to think about like, what's feasible on the hardware yeah, that it's sure. on. Like if it was a piece, if it was a PC exclusive game and it was a high end PC game, I wouldn't be surprised if you could actually do all those things that I was uh, I was suggesting. Sure. 
But the fact that it's uh, also a PS4 title, which means you're, you're dealing with hardware that's not top of the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, no offense to Sony, but <laughs> no, like that's just the, how it is. Um, it, 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 you have, we have to be able to temper our expectations and realize what the game can be. But I mean, at the same time, it's hard because you don't know. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't know, and like you're led. Yeah, you you're told to, as Brendan mentioned, you're told to imagine, you're told to picture all of these things, and an average like this this is gonna sound co- so condescending, and it's not how I intend it. The average gamer is going to hear the buzz. They're going to hear GameStop employees uh, say, well, this game, imagine what you can do with this game, and the customer is only going to hear that, and they're not going to look Mm. at the dev team. They're not going to think about the console limitations. None of that's going to matter. All of the hype speak is what they're going to hear. And so you go in with these inflated expectations based on not having full info because the average consumer isn't going to take the effort to look at that. Yeah. And I guess that's... That's part of the game's problem. Yeah. Like, it just it wasn't... It couldn't ever live up to the hype that it had. And that's just another story from this generation where that's happened to a game. Well, I mean, I mean another problem is they were... the Yes, people have a concept of what the PS4 can do. But the developers and Sony were talking about how they're doing some things in the server base. So, yes, you might think, oh, well, my sister can't contain a million planets, whatever it is. And they're like, well, no, we're doing that. Like, okay. So then you, you're now hearing that. You're like, well, what else are they handling? Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. Like, Minecraft's not a big game. Like Minecraft can run on a small, a small PC. Like a toaster. Or on a tablet. Exactly. <laughs> but most of it's handled in the server. So when you hear that they're doing that, and you think, well, Minecraft exists, and they're doing this in the server, and people start making false equivalencies. They're saying, well, I thought I could build a base. And then like, everyone's like, no, that never, that, no one said that. You're like, yeah. Well, you said I could do, imagine things I could do, and that's what I want to do. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just another uh, it's another story of a game that came out, or that before it came out, was overhyped, delayed, yeah. overhyped some more, and came out and couldn't live up to it. We saw the same thing with Evolve. We saw yeah. the same thing with uh, Titanfall. Yep. We saw the same thing with Watch Dogs. With four. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just a... It's just a... It's it's a cycle. Spore is a good example, because... Mm-hmm. That's exactly the kind of marketing they had with Spore, where you could make any rate, you could make any creature, you could... Like evolving your creatures is just one part of the process. It, going into space is the true game. You f- then you went into space. You're like this is not very fun. Like, this yeah. is not a game. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of a bad civilization. Um, but I mean, it's just, this is it's just uh, a narrative that's been going on since this launch. But, but that all being said, I don't launch. think No Man's Sky is bad. No, no, it's just sure, it's no. disappointing. Yes, it's still a fun game, and it's still a game that's worth trying. It's just not a game. It's it's not what it was. Uh, what we perceived it as yeah, before it came out. I think there are a lot of games out there um, like No Man's Sky, obviously, with the go get X resource to build X thing to build another thing um, yeah, out there. Rust, there's um, every Daisy, there's Far Cry Primal <laughs> had some of that even. Yeah. And so, like, yeah. there's a lot that of. Crafting's a huge part of every game now. Yeah. Yeah, like, Zelda's gonna have that. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of games like that out there now. And I think the my big. The big thing I've been thinking as I've been playing it for review, and obviously what I'm going to talk about, is like, look, you can collect things to craft things in this game, sure, but there are other games out there that do this better and give you more of a reason to want to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, I have no motiva- Like, I have no motivation to do all of it, really. No, and also, I mean, yes, there are millions of planets, whatever it is, but 
after you've seen about 20, you've seen all Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my yeah, experience. Exactly. Like, people keep saying, like, well, some people. Like, this has been a very critically divisive game, I've noticed. Yeah. And I mean, some, like, some people have said it's like, once you get seven to nine hours in, like, the game really starts going. And I would say I'm, like, well, well, well over that. And, um, no, I just, I feel like once you've seen the handful of, the first handful of planets, you've seen everything the game has to offer. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, it could have been. Well, I don't. I don't know if it could have been more, but uh, we definitely did see it as more. Uh, is your? Did you finish the review for it? Or are you still writing it? Um, I'm still in the process of writing it. I want to put like two or three more hours into it tonight before I finish okay. it, just to like. I, I got away from it yet last night, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go in it today, two or three more hours, see if I still think the same thing, and then I'm just gonna call it. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean. We'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll be seeing it pretty soon. Yeah. Um, you guys, anyone here can check it out on cgmagonline.com. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to wrap this up now. Cool. Uh, thanks for watching, everyone, or listening. Listening. Watching. listening. I always say watching. I don't know why. I've just been watching, like, the chat room the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we can, uh, we, the, the, someone's just staring at their computer watching the SoundCloud yeah. bar yeah. slowly fill up. Thanks for watching, um, guys. <laughs> We should have we should have like a Windows um, sound. What was what was that app that uh, I don't know if it's still on Xi's Mac now. The the Windows like media player that was it. You want to visualize? Yeah, with those random like trippy. We should just have a podcast with that in the background. Yeah, <laughs> just for I don't know. Yeah, if people want illegal substances while they watch it or listen to the podcast. Are we are we are we condoning that? <laughs> No, we're not. not. I'm just saying. Never. If they are. If they are, I'm sure they would appreciate Windows Movie Maker. Sure, or not sure. Maker, uh, media, media Player. Media Player, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, for more content like this, check out cgmagonline.com. And for Elias's uh, review for No Man's Sky, which should be coming in, that, in soon. Yeah, that'll, be, uh, that'll probably be, I mean, I have it in tonight, so it'll be up tomorrow. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I'm not rushing you. I'm just letting people know. We're actually rushing you. I'm, ru- so I'm, I'm rushing myself. I'm rushing myself. <laughs> I know I was I was actually uh, uh, this is like I guess a personal story but I think it's kind of funny. Uh, you 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 actually you normally like well like you you're a very fast writer. So when uh, when the, the chance to to review No Man's Sky came up, I saw I saw it first and I was going to comment on it. And then I saw that they said we need this done asap. I'm like I'm going to leave it for Elias. <laughs> Just let him do it. So that's why y'all thought I was a robot. <laughs> Yeah, with your your Elias bot five thousand okay, around here. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> Dang it! Yeah, I he's know. a real person. I know my <laughs> um, yeah. So for uh, my preview for Urban uh, Urban Empire is already on uh, on the website, so check that out. And uh, I think Sunstrike is coming up next week yep. with uh, with Vikings. Yep. And uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at CGMag online. online. Cool. I'm on Twitter at Cody underscore Orm. I'm on Twitter at at um at the Fried Critic. The Fried Critic. And I'm B Fried Twenty Six. And Phil is at that Phil Brown. Yes. Let's get check him out. And Melanie, who is uh, I don't know. I think shopping. Can, she's she's I kidnapped her. Remember? Oh, of course, oh, right. of course. Yeah, she's in the basement somewhere. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you can you can follow her and and, and just like wish her well. At uh, Kicks and Chaos, K I X X E N. I have some a feeling someone's really weird and gonna actually believe you and actually gonna be like, <laughs> you know what you have to do? Horrible tweets. You have to you have to uh, follow Melanie on Twitter, follow me on Twitter, and use the hashtag Free Mel. And, I feel uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna 
gonna, I'm gonna boycott or veto this idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, don't forget to check us out. Uh, we have a YouTube channel at yep. CJ Mag or CJ Mag Online. Yep. And uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash magazine. We have an actual magazine. That's yep. what the M stands for. Uh, you can find us at your local bookstore or library. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, it's a good magazine. I like it. Um, and you can also, we also have a digital copy. You can find us at Magster, Pocket Mags, yep. iTunes, all that fun stuff. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week. <laughs>